coping with change. And it's, it's, it's really useful to understand the relationship between adversity, resilience and change. So the psychologists who study adversity, um, and adversity is, is life's challenges, basically. Um, they measure adversity in a with a scale known as the social readjustment scale. Uh, and what they've identified is that the level of change that you need to make as a result of an adversity is a clear indicator of the level of the adversity, uh, or the changes that result. Uh, so another way of looking at that is human beings aren't comfortable with change. And that is a modern mind problem. Uh, and it's rooted in our emotional brains, which are the emotional brains of uh, hunter-gatherers. If anybody's ever heard, uh, there's, there was a kind of beat philosopher by the name of Terence McKenna, um, who I'm particularly fond of, uh, and he kept coming back to the fact that human beings are actually smart monkeys. Uh, and uh, it's actually difficult to get away from that. I prefer to use the word hunter-gatherers. <coughs> Keep in mind that a troop of baboons are also hunter-gatherers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this, this lack of smartness extends to our relationship to change. Uh, so when we live in nature, the, the cycles of the season are change, and the ebb and flow of the rivers and the, 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 the trees and the migration of animals and um, so on and so forth. There, there's the change we see. Uh, but the, the big trees are very probably there when we're born and very probably there when we die. And the mountain's always there, the sky's always there, the river's always there, etc., etc., etc. And so subsequently, human beings aren't designed for either a constantly changing world or uh, a world that has really significant changes in it. We're, we're designed to navigate this world where largely when we look around ourselves, uh, the natural world, it's all pretty much there all the time. And so this creates the sense in our brains that certain things are static, that are permanent. And when we discover that something that we otherwise believed is permanent is no longer permanent, that creates grief and we suffer because of that. Uh, and I'm not suggesting that um, that's not, that there's something wrong with us because of that, uh, but those human beings that are closer to death, such as hunter-gatherers, take death in their stride. So the sort of things that we are pretty much in denial of in our modern world are things which are actually day-to-day -day life in the natural world. 
so through this ebb and flow and cycle of the seasons and, and the, the cycle of life, life and death and the fact that you know, things like infant mortality in hunter-gatherer groups is spectacular, uh, as is, you know, just <clears throat> lives, lives, lives aren't as long because, you know, they, they don't have things like antibiotics and so on. And so subsequently, we have this sense of permanence and as a result of that, change is difficult to cope with. So, and now I, there, there's two things that go hand in hand here, right? Uh, one is impermanence, the recognition of impermanence and the realization of impermanence. And the other is the recognition and realization of connection. So there's a macro and a micro way of looking at both of those. So the macro way of looking at connection is, is to look out and realize that we are, the air that we breathe, the oxygen in it, which is the energy, just look at it as energy, it's a, you could say it's a source of energy, but essentially it's energy. Um, that energy was deposited in the atmosphere by other living beings. And we're breathing it in. And then what happens is we breathe out carbon dioxide. And then that's used by other living beings. So anything that, that's green needs carbon dioxide for photosynthesis. So there's an in-breath and there's an out-breath. And, and this, the, the oxygen in the atmosphere only appeared something like two billion years ago. And it's all been put there by living beings and and so they, they this is going on constantly all of the green plants and plankton and so on they're producing oxygen and all of the other living beings they're producing carbon dioxide so there's this constant transfer um, and so that's that's connection at the macro level yeah. And, and the recognition of that uh, is a useful thing, but human beings aren't very good at actually comprehending immense systems. We, we prefer simple systems. Um, so we're connected to every living being that has ever lived and through the, this transfer of energy. And then, of course, there's the food we eat. You know, that all comes from living beings, ultimately. So that's the, the macro level. And then the, the micro level, I mean, we need to... It's about us, the small bit. You know, how, how connected am I? And Sadhguru proves this in 30 seconds to anybody who doesn't believe they're connected. If you don't believe you're connected, what you do is you close your mouth and you put your fingers over your nose. You just stay like that. And of course you can't. So you run out of air after about 30 seconds. Well, I think it takes something like three minutes and, uh, and, and then you'll faint and you'll start breathing again. So 
you're, you're not separate for a single moment from any of this. Yeah, it's, a, it's, all, one, it's all one energy. Uh, so we're, we're connected, and it's, it isn't that... So change is a bit of a problem word because it doesn't actually exist in a way because it implies that there's something else. <laughs> there is nothing else. All there is is a constant flow of life, a constant change all the time. Change, 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 change. And there's no reason to suppose that life and death is anything more or less than another change of energy. But we don't like to think that. What we like to think of is, is, is I am me and I have these years and I want them to go on. There aren't many people who don't want them to go on. Uh, for the vast majority of us, we want, we want to live as long as we can so that we can do something, so that we can have some experience in the future. Uh, and uh, I don't spend too much time talking about death because uh, I, I don't know if anybody's recently been bereaved or is you know, expecting a bereavement or something, so it can be triggering. Uh, but it needs to come into the conversation from time to time if we're going to talk about impermanence. And there are impermanence meditations where we meditate on death, and I, I don't teach them very often. I'm not going to teach it today. I'm going to spring one on you for the same reason, because it could be triggering for someone. Uh, but I think probably it's need a class that I need to run. And uh, this, this recognition of impermanence, uh, the, the flow of life, is also the cycle of life and death, without which we wouldn't survive, we wouldn't be born without the cycle of life and death, is, is part of everything. And you can, you can see change at a macro level and a micro level as well. So the macro level is actually your life, and in, in, in certain meditations, impermanence meditations, certain impermanence meditations, such as the meditation in the book The Restful Mind, which is the book by Galwa Doc Amper that I recommend students of mine read if they're interested in reading a book on meditation. Uh, and if you didn't get his name or anything and you want to write it down, so on, ask me afterwards. Uh, and he's hidden in that is an impermanence meditation which helps us to understand the cycle of life and death as, as, as part of impermanence. But there's also an awareness of impermanence at a micro level. And you hear it at least once a week. Because it's in here. That's how fast change happens, always. 
they're, they're, notice how fast it is. Quite a lot of time passes between the beginning of noticing the sound of the bell moving through time and the end of noticing the sound of the bell moving through time. So there you go, you look at a stream, that's how fast time passes. When you come out of here, look at the sky, look at the clouds passing across the sky, that's how fast time passes. Look at the, the, the waves, watch the traffic, that's how fast time passes. Well, irrespective of what happens externally, human beings partition that up in a way that they can comprehend. If you've ever been in a, I might not survive this situation, and when you are in a, I might not survive this situation, the last thing you think about is whether you're going to survive or not. But what you'll <laughs> notice is that if there's a lot happening, it will be slowed down spectacularly so. If you've ever seen one of those films where they've got a very high frame rate camera and they smash a glass and you watch the, the liquid as globules move, that's how that happens. I know, I've seen it. So that's reality. <laughs> And when we're not in it, we're in an illusion. And it's okay, we're all gonna spend most of our lives in this illusion of the past and the future. And we're not actually gonna be aware of the present moment. And this is a process of noticing, and the brain is very helpful once you've learned to notice that you're not in the present moment it picks the times when it's most useful for you to notice you're not in the present moment. Yeah. So you become present, not all the time, and not at random times during the day, but when you need to. Uh, and very often when you need to is when you're further away from it. <coughs> okay, so change such as it is, which is actually the flow of life, you're the life, and you're observing the flow of life, changing continuously, that's going to be the focus of our meditations, because it actually is always the focus of our meditations. So here's the bell again, so you can reconnect.
So because of the bell, there's a thread of presence in sound. There we are in the present moment, noticing change unfold as one tick of the clock moves into the next one and one breath moves into the next one and the sound of one car passing moves into the next one and one word moves into the next one and it's a convenient way of then connecting to the rhythm and cycle of the breath so long as we notice the entire movement of the breath all the way through the in-breath and all the way through the out-breath. And, and what we become is what we always are beneath everything else <coughs> beneath all of the doing is the witness of that doing and the witness of all of the phenomena that arise in our experience And then we learn through experience that it is all phenomena. The thoughts are part of the phenomena that we witness. Emotions are part of the phenomena we witness. As is sound, as is what we see, as is how we feel, as is what comfort there is, as is our balance, as is our awareness of what we can smell or taste, as is whatever we can feel with our left hand it's not how the left hand feels it's what we can feel different things and then how does the left hand feel itself is it warm or cool or comfortable or uncomfortable and then the same thing with the right hand what is the right hand in contact with? What can it feel?
and how does the right hand feel? Cool or warm? Comfortable or uncomfortable? Relaxed or tense? So we'll meditate on the change in the sensations of whatever the hands are in contact with. So we're allowing ourselves to feel, in my case, my hands are on my thighs and I can feel the texture of the clothing and the warmth from the legs. So it's not a constant thing. It's a stream of feeling. If I adjust a hand, the stream of feeling changes. And all this sort of thing is going on all the time. And we switch it off so that we can focus on what we need to do and that's fine but every so often we need to come back to it and notice that the sensations that we're getting back from the hand the stream is feeding us those sensations a stream of sensation is coming to us at the same speed that the sound of the bell moved through time. So if you now bring your awareness to the third eye, the space between the eyes, just allow yourself to be aware of that. It's not a sharp point, it's a, a space, it's an area. And it brings a sense, partly as a feeling but partly as something else that's impossible to describe. So I won't even try. 
and we'll keep our awareness on that for a while. Because it's such a soft connection, the third eye, we notice all of the other phenomena. So we'll notice sound, we'll notice the breath, and we may notice whatever tension there is in the body. And that tension can be released from here merely by becoming aware of it. So we're keeping our attention on the space between the eyes. And what we've done is we've opened our awareness to tension in the body. And so there's a little background process that the brain kicks off that will then gently search through the body for tension. And it will switch it off very gently and lightly in the background while we retain our awareness on the space between the eyes.
I'm going to do now is move our awareness down into the body. You get to choose where. Your awareness could be in your head, which is where most of us are most of the time. That's where we see the center of ourselves. Or it could be down by your heart. And this isn't just what we're noticing, it's also what does the noticing. So our sense of the position in space of the witness of all of our experience. Or it can be down in the Dantian just below the belly button, equidistant between the belly and the lower back. And the same thing is true here. If we allow ourselves to be aware of whatever tension there is in the body, all we're saying to the brain is, if there's any tension, notice it. It brings our awareness to that tension or that discomfort.
and it allows us to re release it. And now we can allow that awareness to very slowly, very, very gently grow to allow us to become aware of the space around us. So it's the same awareness and the same sense of awareness. It's just now letting in our sense of whatever's happening within an arm's length of our bodies. There's the space above us, the space to either side, whichever objects or people might be on either side. There's a space in front of us, behind us, beneath us. Now we can also notice the movement of time within this space because the breath's rising and falling you may notice your heartbeat 
and there's also the stream of information coming to you. All of the information from everything that's happening in that space is available to your brain. We just don't normally notice it, but now we've got the listening device, the microphone on. And we're able to hear it through all of our senses. And now allow that awareness to grow and allow yourself to be aware of the room, the building you're in, and the area that you're in, sort of half a mile in every direction. What we've done is opened our awareness. Notice it's the same awareness. So we're receiving that information in the same way. It's got the same feeling, the same quality. It's just from a larger area. Now, very slowly, gently, easily, softly, allow your awareness to grow, to encompass the entire planet and all the living beings on it.
now allow your awareness to grow even further out into the infinite distance suns, planets, galaxies everything constantly changing through the flow of life and we're witnessing it all slowly, slowly, slowly maybe not in one single change of awareness or location of awareness anyway slowly, slowly, slowly back into your body and find the most comfortable place to see and experience yourself in your body again gently slowly softly moving your attention to the third eye
And notice that the, the thoughts and the emotions are just part of the, the flow, the stream of phenomena that are passing in front of us continuously. time, could be now, could be in a minute, could be over the course of the next few minutes, you return your attention to the breath. all sorts of phenomena arising, there's thoughts, there's emotions, there's sensations, there's smells and tastes, there's comfort and discomfort, there's tiredness and alertness and traffic and the ticking of the clock and the sound of my words, it's just a flow. Notice this movement of the breath at a very tiny level of focus. So we're noticing it in the same way we notice the sound of the bell moving through time.
what's happening is we're becoming experts in letting go letting go of the last thought, letting go of the last emotion, letting go of the last sensation, the last breath, the last clock tick, the last word. And then we're floating down the stream of time. Noticing everything passing. gently returning your attention to your surroundings. So all of these different experiences, all of these different levels of focus, we focused on everything from the, the tiniest little sliver of time right the way up to infinity and everything in between it. And you notice that time passed through the whole thing so it passes through your awareness of infinity at the same speed and it passes through 
the tiny little sliver of time that you notice when you're noticing the sound of the bell moving through time. All moving at the same speed. But it's moving constantly. That's the change. It's always there. So these two words are interchangeable. Change and life.